Hi, and welcome to our new podcast, Meandering Through the Madness, an Ordinary Person's Spiritual Journey, with Kyla and Tim. We hope you enjoy it as much as we loved creating it. In this episode, we're going to be talking about yoga, kale, human pretzels, meditation, being courteous, and the challenges of 2D vision. So, here we go. So while I was driving today, because it's a long drive, and you pass a lot of people, and and yeah, and we have two-way radios, so we have the opportunity to, you know, communicate with the other people and ask if we can pass them and things like that. And I was thinking about being courteous, like just being friendly in little circumstances like that, or or say you're open a door for somebody, or or any of the little things we could do. You know, you hand somebody something that they're about to reach for. I try and collect smiles sometimes on the way to work, like deliberately smile at people and see how many I can get back. <laughs> that definitely counts. Yeah. With all that stuff, being courteous, being friendly. I was thinking while I was driving that that's like creating something out of nothing because there was nothing occurring except for two people going about their business, which is kind of a neutral position. And then somebody's friendly or does something for somebody else or just holds the door, whatever. And at that moment, you've just created a space for there to be a little bit of positivity. Yeah. Like sometimes it backfires. Sometimes <laughs> the person's stuck and angry. But at least in Canada, 99% of the time, it's not like that. I sometimes I look back people. at you like, what you smiling at, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's like creating something from nothing. And anywhere I see something like that, I just get excited. Whenever I see something being something positive being created from from basically thin air, I don't know, I just like that. Same as this podcast that this seconds ago this didn't exist and now it does. That's right. The space of creation. And selling selling books online. Uh, you know, one minute there's nothing and the next minute somebody picks up a book and it just, bam, it's made out of electronic nothingness. That's right. Or someone, you know, um, I've been really getting a kick out of, I've been able to interact with people a little bit more because you've been away working with selling the book and, and promoting it. And, uh, and when people are actually engaging in the program and using the calendar, you know, like, that they're they're bringing meditation into their life. They want the benefits of meditation to their life, and they're and they're following through. And um, for one person to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and then when you hear another one and another one, um, it's a really neat process to be a part of. Just planting those little those little seeds that anyone can do it. Okay, so I guess before we go any farther, we should tell everybody what we're talking about in case you don't know. Uh, we. We created a book together called the 90-Day Meditation Challenge, How to Build a Daily Mindfulness Habit. And in that book, there's a link to a calendar that you can use, a 90-day calendar. And you know what? I haven't talked to anybody yet who has used it. 
I talked to a few. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to. I'm sure people have used it, but I just haven't had the opportunity to talk to those people. So that's good to hear. And you, um, you never know how things are going to work for other people till you get your feedback. That's right, and I think they're really understanding. I mean, Tim laid out the calendar, and you did a brilliant job with it in that you choose a goal for the end of your first week, second week, and so on and so forth. And and what we're trying to do, or what the intention behind that is, is to reinforce self-care, to offer a reward for self-care, which isn't typically where we go. That's creating a whole new healthy pattern all in itself beyond just the meditation practice. And uh, it's really neat to watch people take part in. I had I have I had high hopes for for that calendar. <laughs> you did. I just love it. I do. And you know what? Because I'm wishy-washy and time is hard for me sometimes. The calendar at first was like I don't know, but I just really grown to love the the structure and the routine of it. And then, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite parts of the book. Well done, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. But I kind of borrowed the idea of the 90-day challenge from a yoga challenge I did online and that's what kind of that's what really got me cemented in with 90 day chunks of time yeah you were adamant it was those 90 days um, it just seems to work good if you can pull off 90 days of anything you're probably it's it's in there and that's really where you sold me like and I was like he's right I know how long it takes to form a habit but you're really gonna concrete something into practice if you give it 90 days and at least at that point in time if you stop doing it after the 90 days you're going to notice missing it you know mm -hmm. well after after 90 days you've got the benefits baked into you i think even okay. if you stop sure it might it might uh lessen a bit but it'll never go all completely away and probably easy to get it back i mean i guess for those who don't know what are the benefits of meditation <laughs> <laughs> i guess what's, what's been your like, what would you, how would you feel about sharing, like, one of the most benefits, beneficial parts of meditation or that meditation has brought into your life? Oh, there's, how do you narrow it down, I guess? <laughs> That's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And you start to tell people, like, no, you feel more relaxed, more connected, more, um, more authentic. When you I think the yeah. biggest benefit's got to be for me is to be able to step outside of situations that are, because everybody's going to run into challenging situations that's right. where somebody's in your face or. Because I mean, like that's another big misconception too, that you're going to learn to meditate and then you're going to have no more problems. <laughs> no. no, the problems are still there. You just have more time to figure out what to do. And your approach, right? Because the meditation essentially offers you the opportunity to look at yourself outside of yourself beyond your emotions mm -hmm. and, uh, you can you can see a couple of different approaches i guess i don't know maybe it's different for you i mean that's another thing too it's different for everybody or you might realize you don't have to do anything truth like if somebody is really in your face and that's usually where i notice that it's made a difference and they're you know they're argumentative or they have some ridiculous thing they want you to do or they're pressuring you. So, and it doesn't always kick in, but sometimes you realize you have the ability to not do anything at all, which is exactly the right thing to do because then they kind of diffuse themselves. That's right. 
Or, I mean, even maybe for those who are, I'm, I think maybe I tend to be a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> I use meditation to, yeah, I guess, to soften into it, to move beyond that primal space of attack, you know. Because that's another, I hear it all the time. Like, you you teach meditation. You should be better than this, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, the truth is, is um I'm human. I have a human condition, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As and, I got I to quickly look something up by David Lynch. That's a meditation quote that everybody always uses. And I, and I use it. Uh, I think I believe I used it in the book too. And of course I can't remember it right now. Of course I'm going to get all kinds of David Lynch quotes that have nothing to do with meditation. I got the book sitting right here, if you know both Some of them <laughs> good. It, it has nothing to do with them. Even bad coffee is better than no coffee at all. So, like, even bad meditation is better than no meditation at all? You'd think you could just quickly pull that up, wouldn't you? Basically, the... I believe he said, and maybe I'm misquoting him, but he said, the thing about meditation is... It makes you more you. Yeah. I mean, I spent so much time being afraid of being me. Yeah. I mean, I've spent, I guess, the more, I mean, I've definitely bloomed and grown and bloomed and grown, and it's probably going to continue. I had that, that kind of uh, issue going on this week myself. Trouble remembering that uh, you just can be yourself and it'll and it'll work out. I, I, because I'm I'm part of another podcast. Plus, I'm writing a book. Plus, I'm trying to work full time. <laughs> it just it got a little bit to the point where I've I started thinking about doing some of these things for other people, and I was worried about how it was sounding on the podcast, especially the sound of my voice. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that. No. Like, sure, I could take voice coaching, I guess. But in general, you're stuck with you. <laughs> you're, not, you're not changing that. You can pretend to be somebody else, but that's not really getting anywhere. And I mean, and, and we're just learning who we are. And I mean, really, that's what yoga and meditation offered me, was the opportunity, opportunity to be so busy learning about who I am and how I relate to the world around me and how I influence the world around me, even in my micro-emotions, that I can't concentrate on what anybody else is doing, you know? I'm not looking at anybody else's backyard because I'm so focused on on me. And it's that sounds selfish, but I think it's a, there's a, there's a paradox to what is selfish, you know? Well, what if more people focused on things like that instead of looking into the other yard? It's way easier looking in the other yard. (laughs) But what if they did? It sounds like they wouldn't have as much, uh, you know, complaining to do. (laughs) And yeah, because it's empowering. Because I'm realizing where where I'm sitting in a situation and the choices that, that I can make and, and, and really t- tuning into what my heart desires and having boundaries and um, allowing myself to be fully me and, and accepting the things 
that I haven't yet learned to accept. Like even the space of unacceptance in myself, you know what I mean? Like I haven't learned to accept a lot of things that I would like to learn to accept. Mm-hmm. But it's a learning process. I'm learning, I'm learning to live. I'm learning to life. And I, and um, I was, you know, like everyone programmed from a young age that you got to figure this out. And, you know, I, I've had a, a few, I'm old enough now to have had a few five-year plans and then realize that there's a whole bunch of variables coming my way that I can't see when I'm making these plans. So meditation offered me the opportunity to find presence. And, and I read this book, I believe it was by the Dalai Lama, where he said that meditation offers you a space to let life open up in front of you. And you engage in this dance of, of making choices and you know, you're interacting with life rather than life coming at you from all different angles mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're defending yourself against life and its choices and obstacles and challenges, you know? And I think back to uh, before I was meditating on a, on a daily basis and things, things weren't working out. I had, I had a really hard couple years where it seemed like every decision I tried to make and follow through on just totally hit the wall. Everything, everything was falling apart. And I finally just gave up. (laughs) And once I gave up, it didn't matter anymore. Right. Because I was done trying so hard, I guess. And I I said, well, the universe is going to have to do it now because I can't do it. Obviously I'm terrible at making decisions on my own. Like my thinking mind was just, I'd I'd logically come up with a way to go, (laughs) but logic didn't work. No. And then uh, I just started basically winging it and letting things happen. And for a while that worked great. And then I clamped down again after I got afraid that I was going to lose all the, you know, the good things that started happening. I felt like I was going to lose it. So then I started worrying and then you start thinking about, well, what if I do this? What if, and the logic came back in and messed everything up again for another year. So your mind jumped back in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of reasons. And we've, we've been talking a lot about this just in my work, um, about how the, the vision, you know, you can, you can want something and you can visualize it, but the ability to let it go, because it's not always going to arrive how you think it's going to. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I was having this conversation with my dear friend, Christine, and I had said to her, like, if you would have told me that I would have participated in writing a book before doing a podcast, because the podcasts have been on my list of things to do that I've been a little bit too shy to do for a long time. And if you would have told me I would have participated in the book over doing the podcast first, I would have told you you were crazy. But in really the book coming offered me the confidence and originally I, I wanted to maybe not participate in the book because I hadn't done the podcast thing you know where you start to self-sabotage by not taking opportunities that seem a little off the path that you want to go on but they can bring you full circle anyway so no forcing just let it let it come but that's a practice that's a yes. And that's meditation. I mean, probably to come out of that space of logic, you you probably went to your practice. Am I wrong? Is it somewhere? How did you come out of the mind? A lot of it is a walking meditation. Uh, So if I go for a hike or a walk, 
and just walk. And, and it works best if it's in trees. I don't know why. And just walk and walk fairly fast and don't listen to music. Don't, you know, there's no people around usually. So, cause I do this by myself. And after about 15 minutes, ideas just pour out of the woodwork. Just focusing on nature. And then, cause you're not thinking, right? And okay. it just lets, lets stuff flow. And that's, that's where the idea for the book came from. <laughs> I was walking. It was cold outside when I did that walk, but because uh, I, I told myself earlier, well, I guess the year of previous, I had told myself that I was going to just try to wing it and let, let what's supposed to happen happen and not, not turn things down and follow hunches. So then I got that hunch and then I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if she's really interested in that or not. Well, I guess we'll just have to wing it and see what happens. And I knew you weren't, you weren't necessarily really open to the idea, but. Scared. <laughs> scared. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a. But you had previously told, cause I had, I had that one yoga session with you where you, I had mentioned that I wasn't afraid and you, and you said everybody has fear. And I was thinking about it. And that's true. I, I'm just as afraid of as anybody else. I've just had decided not to listen to it, I guess. And that's what it is, right? That doesn't mean that I'm fearless or anything by any means. It still stops me quite frequently. But And I had a, I had a client ask me actually not too long ago. They're like, okay, then, Kyla. It's like, what, what's the difference between fear because I said sometimes you have to move through fear like I there's this one spiritual quote uh quote it's like if I'm not all in then it's a hell no or you know what I mean like mm -hmm. and for me my heart sometimes has whispered yes do it you want it and then my mind has come up with like four billion reasons why you know I couldn't or I you know it'd be terrible or it's going to end in disaster but when I've pushed through that fear, my heart's grown or, you know, beautiful things have happened versus fear like I shouldn't do that. You know, what's the difference? Well, it might be terrible, but it's still going to be fun. That's right. <laughs> and that's the play to, you know. And not only that, but if you're, if you're planning on doing something new that you've never done before, like say it's writing books. And say the first one did suck terribly. <laughs> but you're never going to get to the good book by never writing any books. And that's the truth. You have to practice. And just like the first few times at yoga or in a meditation space, you know, um, it's, you might not find a space of presence at all, but it's those first few attempts that get you there. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. And then you get used to showing up for yourself eventually and then you you know like you're no i've seen a lot of cool stuff over the years I've seen a lot of people change their lives with the simple act of learning to breathe it's been beautiful i haven't really been around a lot of people that do meditate i've i've learned a lot of this stuff from books and videos and and just trying it so and there's so much freedom in that I, I love that so much because that's pretty much how I came about 
my practice as well. I never really was able to attend classes, so I was self-taught. And there, it brought so much freedom because there was never anybody to hold the expectations above me. You know, like sometimes you hear people and they're, I don't know, am I making sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, yeah, like, like no... say we were talking about yoga and it's specific, a 50-year-old guy taking yoga classes. I have taken a few classes. And I always feel like uh, all the pretty people are watching me, you know, because I don't feel like I belong with them. That's right. So that's I kind of someone... a problem. <laughs> well, one of my students said that um, my class was like the class for people who don't belong at yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so much, that uh, meant a lot because I, I feel that way. And, um, Even though you're one of those pretty people? I, well, the first time I <laughs> sat on a yoga mat, I was 350 pounds. Hmm. And I, I, I hated my body. I hated myself. All the moves were hard. I was sweating and we weren't even doing anything. But by the end of the eight weeks, by the end of that first eight weeks, I, I could feel my, my body changing shape. Like, it didn't take long. And then... Um, it deepened, it deepened my yoga practice tenfold. The ability to come into my, all right, it deepened my meditation practice, sorry, mm -hmm. tenfold. The ability to come into my, and communicate with my body. But yeah, that, I, you know. So now you're, you're less than half the person you once were? I am less than half. And I mean, it's been years <laughs> since that, that first yoga class. It's probably been well over a decade or so. I've almost been teaching for a decade, so it was well over. And slowly, as I emerged, the weight fell off. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone, but and, it, yes. and it's never, it's never came, it's never came back. So I get it when someone shows up, and you know that's that part of it too, because they see me as one of the pretty people, right? Where I, I started with everyone else. I started with everyone else. And the bounty has been beautiful. So I'm ever grateful for yoga. And it's, it's beyond me. Like these are thousand years teachings, you know, like I always get a kick out of yoga teachers that are offering the truth when these, these truths have been around <laughs> thousands of years. And I'm ever so grateful that they are. Hmm. Oh, and where did they originally get yoga from? They didn't get it by thinking about it. They got it by feeling it through. That's right. Observing nature. You were exactly right there. They've seen the bird stretch its wings. They literally seen the do dog do down dog. I mean, everybody thinks that they're, you know, dogs doing yoga, but dogs have been doing down dogs since dogs have been doing dogs. <laughs> like, it's, well, uh, I, I don't know all the names of all the different poses, but um, when you're in, when you're in uh, warrior two or whatever, where your arms are straight out, yeah, one front, one back, and then you do a backward bend yeah right? and then you bend forward with your and you lean forward right and you reach over top with your one arm i couldn't do that because construction like i had i had work hardened muscles okay. would not go into those positions and in the last couple of weeks i felt myself going farther and farther in those and it feels amazing to be able to actually reach my arm over my head like that it's just that kind of thing that 
some people do take for granted because there are those pretty people that just instantly can do that because they, uh, their bodies are able to do it. Well, you're either born flexible or strong. Well, I sure didn't have that flexibility before, and I can feel it fixing things. That's right. Like so in, people who are born... You just have to go slow with it, but... Yeah, that's the key. Go slow. But we live in an instant, an instant world, you know, like... But does it really make these, like, so say you're all messed up and unflexible and your back hurts and your neck is always a mess and you have to go to the chiropractor once a week. Is it so unthinkable to spend 15 minutes every other day to stretch out? I don't understand why it is. <laughs> <We're talking Me either. laughs> well, it brings them into your body. I mean, if you, if we were to ask yoga this question or if we were to, you know, the, maybe it would offer our emotional issues are stored in our physical tissues for so, so for f some people to to journey into the physical pain or the physical sensation of their body is extraordinarily painful some people i've met you know they're going for a hip a hip replacement and it's like their hip is somewhere in france they have no connection whatsoever to the body and for me, why, why the breath-centered yoga has been been so beautiful and, and so important is that pathway into my breath, that observation of my breath into my physical body has created a safe way where I can come into my body and navigate those, those trapped feelings. I mean, tension also arrives from overuse of a certain area of your body, or it could be physical tension. Um, but physical tension will cause mental tension. Someone who's in immense physical pain all the time it's very hard for them to be clear-headed. It does go back and forth on itself. I have no idea how that happened. I'm sorry. I was supposed to be an airplane. Oh. oh, that's fine. Apparently she's listening. Yeah, they're listening, Tim. <laughs> this is what I was afraid of. This is why I didn't do the podcast for all those years. Siri's chiming in. Now I'm going to be on a watch list trying to free people's minds. <laughs> no. Well, we're already on a watch list, just so you know. We wrote yeah. a book. We did write a book. Um, we, threat we threatened the foundations of society. That's right. <laughs> so much fun. I think people keep saying, oh, like, good for you. Like, it must have been so much hard work and, and for me it, it really was you know i mean i was in indonesia so it's pretty hard to have a bad day there but it, so much fun so thank you thank you for taking me on this journey with you i've had a lot of fun sharing ideas with you and and, and even i mean if the podcast is taking a direction, it could be the one billion and one ways meditation is going to save your life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> from not committing murder to you know, like, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for joining me on it, because that changes. You know, like I said before, I could write a book on meditation by myself, but it just would not be the same book irregardless of uh, which parts who wrote or anything like that, just having somebody else participating in it 
you know, makes, makes a big difference. So. And, and shared intention. Yeah. I think we both really just wanted to, to offer to others what has been offered to us and to those who feel as though maybe it's not obtainable for them or that you have to start eating kale, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, that's, um, yeah. So maybe we can talk about that real quick. Um, misconceptions about what you might need to do to lead a spiritual life or to start meditating or to do yoga or any of these things. Uh, it's totally on the table to stop at McDonald's <laughs> and eat a big greasy burger and then go do yoga or meditate. I yeah. mean, maybe you won't get to the same place. It, it's neither here nor there. It won't stop you. For yeah. instance, like, and you don't have well, to. It definitely doesn't make you any less worthy. No. Or if you're going to, you know, if you you're going to smoke a cigarette and come to <laughs> yoga, you know, that's cool because you're going to breathe, right? So if you're going to smoke a cigarette and then come to yoga, you're going to fill your body with a bunch of oxygen. It probably wouldn't have gotten if you were just going to sit around smoking, right? So you're winning. There's no problem with it. There's no problem. Yoga does not care. Meditation does not care. I think that's just to dip into Christianity for a brief moment. That's one thing that Christianity brought to me a long time ago is that and, I, and I, I'm not saying Christianity is good, bad, or whichever, but somebody brought the idea to me that all sinners are equal in the eyes of God. Yeah. And you can take that however you want, but what I got out of it was nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And everybody is just a scale on a scale from, from the absolute worst to what you might think is the best person. But you're still on that scale. You're still a human being. That's right. And so I mean, always somebody that's better, and that's in quotation marks. And there's always somebody that's worse, in quotation marks. But no one's more valuable than the other. I mean, that's gonna that itself is gonna trigger a lot of people. Yeah. So eating kale does not make you better. No. Than somebody eating steak, no matter what anybody thinks, it just no. means that you have different. Uh, different programming to me you've you've come up with different thoughts for whatever reason and different motivations and maybe you didn't have a choice or maybe you did have a choice to turn out that way but it's a it's part of the live and let live thing too do you like kale <laughs> you know like i don't really mind it but it's not really a food you know like <laughs> if it brings you if it brings you joy you know, everything in balance. Like in, right. in yoga, we seek the balance of flex, flexibility and strength. You seek the balance of play and, and service. Mm -hmm. um, the balance of greasy, like you understand that what you feed your body is what it's running on. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, deprivation doesn't have to be a part of it. It can be a beautiful, full experience. You know, I think that maple walnut ice cream is, is a gift from God. And, you know, I, I love maple walnut ice cream and the resonance of joy that escapes my body as I eat maple walnut ice cream is helping the planet, you know? <laughs> but I mean, if I eat maple walnut ice cream morning, noon, and night, I'm going to get sick. 
and then I won't be thinking those pleasurable, happy thoughts. No, you then you, you'll be like, oh, not again. That's right. I mean, and that you can take that to anything: gambling, smoking, sex. You know, you name it. You can take that principle too. Eventually, it doesn't it's not fun anymore when it starts controlling you. Mm-hmm. So same with maple walnut ice cream, and that's the dance we play. Like, is it? Are we? You know, what's it giving us? What's the exchange in the action? Mm-hmm. We went way off topic, though. Didn't we? We're a little off topic, but ADHD kicks in. It's all about. Because then you you shame yourself or guilt yourself. Yeah, I hear a lot of of that too in the undertones of people speaking. I shouldn't, or I'm bad, or you know. It's it's really hard to get away from that, and I think it even after you know exactly what what you're doing to yourself, it's still going to pop up. The shame thing. Like I said, just this week, like that, that other podcast that I'm involved in, um, Unreliable Narrator, it, uh, we're on episode five, and suddenly I got afraid of how my voice sounds. <laughs> does, that, does that make any sense? You know, after... After you get that far in, how did I convince myself that anything was different than before? Well, it's like I work at the metaphysical store. My office is out of a is out of a, I work out of a metaphysical store, and uh, my landlord was coming over, and I was worried that he was going to see all my rocks. <laughs> <laughs> But in my day-to-day life, like I, I'm around it all the time. I, I love it. I, you know, I sell rocks. <laughs> and I was terrified for whatever reason that that was it. Hmm. See my rocks and crystals and my crows. And so did you jam them all in the closet? No, no. I was like, <laughs> I'll burn for this one. As you know, like I. But I, I don't know. I'm on a social media detox right now. Just you know taking some space and and centering myself and, and for going forward and it's funny you say that about the rocks because I usually have and I don't necessarily think that they're doing anything for me in specific I just like crystals I think rocks are cool yeah. and I've been to that store and I've picked up you know whatever ones I feel like I want at that time right so I'll usually have a little pyramid out of whatever kind of rock and, you know, various other things in the truck with me. And I keep them in the cup holders. And I had two pipe fitter dudes get in my truck and I was giving them a ride somewhere. And one of them picks up the pyramid and says, cool, what's this? And he didn't know what a pyramid was. So I had to go into an explanation, but it didn't even occur to them that it was anything metaphysical. It was just some cool rocks I had in my truck. Yeah. So you're assuming that he would go, oh, crystals, she's weird. That's right, right? That's just what you're assuming. He might have said, oh, look, neat rocks. I mean, I've got really cool rocks, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was a brief second. It didn't last long. I just, yeah. So that's the same with the fear of your voice. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody else knows what it's supposed to sound like. No, I'm the one that thinks I know what it's supposed to sound like. 
yeah, what's your voice supposed to sound? You know, like this is the extent we go to. My voice is supposed to sound different than it does. <laughs> and I, I see the same time after time in the, in the classroom, and you know, like whatever whatever body you got, you know, it's probably not the one you wanted. <laughs> it's probably doing all sorts of weird things, but just to love it. And just it's to just. It's just a body, you know what I mean? Like people, same with it's just a rock. It's not a metaphysical product. It's not. Yeah. A, it's just a. It's just a rock. Just I don't a, know if you've watched the most recent uh, Avengers Endgame. Yes, but I have a terrible habit of falling asleep halfway. <laughs> you did watch that movie. I did. Yes. So, spoiler alert: in that movie, Chris Hemsworth is fat. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And. And he was totally okay with uh, wearing a fat suit. And everybody took it as body shaming because he's supposed to be the perfect, you know, God. Literally, he's supposed to be a God in that movie. And he's fat. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could have picked a different example. (laughs) (laughs) I may be guilty of some objectification in this. But I just thought it was kind of funny the way the way people reacted. They were, you know, I don't know, all kinds of crazy reactions to that one. I'm half blind, and uh, I wish we could feel each other, right? Because when you when you lose a sense, you you gain other senses, and there's a part of me that's excited. I guess not excited, is willing to accept and ready to accept for a time if I ever do go fully blind in that all that's gone, you know? It would just be Thor showing up and <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to see. That would be hard if if that is an eventuality, but... Oh, I've, it's so much more beautiful to meet someone's heart rather than their 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 physical, you know. I don't know. I mean, there's things I'd miss, and I have great gratitude for what I do get to see, like amazing gratitude for like even seeing my children's faces as they as they age and as they grow. Like I'm so grateful to be able to see that because the possibility of me going blind is there. So I think maybe I'm a little bit more aware in my day-to-day life or when I see a sunset, sometimes I'm you know, moved to tears just for the gratitude of being able to see it, the, the opportunity to see it. Mm-hmm. But often I'll navigate life with my eyes fully closed. Like there's many things that I do do where I will go in blind. I'll close my eyes and it's easier for me to do by feel. So... Either way. Well, of course, I never even thought about how the, how uh, a movie like that would appear to somebody who's looking out of one eye. <laughs> well, it wasn't in 3D. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> I'd wear those glasses and still in 2D. Three I, I guess you don't know. Uh, you don't. You probably don't even know what 3D is anymore at this point, do you? Do you nope. 3D? No, I don't see 3D. No, everything's 2D. No, that perception is is, uh, is gauged differently. It's mm-hmm. a long time. And meditation really brought me home there. Like, how can I say, you know, the ability to 
focus into my body and feel my fingertips and to navigate it differently. Because when I first went half blind, I was 17, so I'd made it through a few many years with full sight. Um, it was a big adaptation to be able to navigate and judge different distances. And, and it, I did all my own occupational therapy as well as using meditation to, to really utilize my fingertips. And that's probably, you know, why I do do a lot of things blind. Hmm. Well, I guess, I guess uh, anybody who's listening, if they want to know the f- more of the full story, they can get a copy of her book because it is in there as well. Okay. Are you curious? Yeah. <laughs> for sharing that story because it's it's something you don't, we don't hear much about that kind of stuff in general. Not really. Nobody really considers what it's like to lose a sense. Or part of a sense. You just gain other ones. It's and it's an experience, right? And that's why you can't judge who's good, who's bad, who's doing what, who's going where. And it, it, it's so different for all of us. And we're all at different depths of capacity of understanding. We're all at different spaces of awareness. You know, um, I, Christianity seems to be on the table tonight. Um, my my grandma was very Christian, and she used to say, um, "Forgive them, they don't, for they know not what they do." And for me, that speaks deeply to the space of depth of capacity of understanding. You know, sometimes people don't realize, and I've been ignorant my own self. I'm, I've hurt people I've never intended to hurt. Like when I made actions, never intended to hurt them. You know, but that was my own ignorance, my own depth of capacity of understanding. And then, boom, the situation takes place. I heard them. It all backfires. You learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I could do a couple things with that. I can guilt and shame myself for a long, long time. Or I can find forgiveness for myself. And really, truly, forgiveness for myself has been the hardest part of this spiritual journey. I am. I will definitely do battle with myself. And I'm a worthy opponent. That that's sums up a lot of what happened with my younger life. I look back, and not only did my parents not know what they were doing, and in some ways they still don't know their what they've done. They've never really looked at it with my childhood. But at the same time, I was doing hurtful things back eventually. That's right. And I didn't know what I was doing either. And then we're resenting them for the same thing we're doing, right? Because it's all a mirror. We're all just looking at ourselves. And that's where if you turn the lens inward, if you you start, if you let yoga come from the inside out, don't worry about looking cool. If you just do yoga from the inside out, you can start to live life from the inside out, you know? And things will happen and change and... Uh, meditation though has brought me the path back to center base of observation I can see where I'm at because if I know where I'm at I can choose to where I'm going right Mm -hmm. wow how long we've been talking it's been about an hour but before we go I want to uh, because every 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 podcast I want to do one interesting article we've already done our personal story right Mm-hmm. Probably 15, I think. <laughs> Quite a few stories, but let's do an interesting article. Okay. As soon as I find it here. But this one's about crows. 
of all things. That's cool. So, crows keep bringing presents to a woman who is kind to them. This article appeared on the Dodo, the website. And that's actually a really interesting site as well. Uh, so the Dodo, it kind of has, I've, I, just look, I just found it because of this article. But they've got all these really cool videos and articles of, about animals. And it's all really fun. Like this awkward photo of an eagle isn't what it seems. And guy puts the camera in a bowl of water and sets it out on the sidewalk. And then it's showing cats and dogs coming up to the bowl. You know. Simple things. Yeah. Simple things. Fun things joy. like that. That's right. Lighten the load of That's life right. a little. <laughs> Our online articles don't have to be all about Trump and serious junk. Yeah. Although most of them are right now. Yeah, anyway, exactly. so back to the crows. Uh, and I don't know how much I can get away with quoting of this article or anything, but she she noticed that the crows were stopping to rest on her fire escape in San Francisco. So instead of chasing them away, she started putting food out, right? Mm-hmm. And then they were coming and eating the food. And then one day, one of them brought something back and dropped it off. And it was a piece of crumpled up foil. And then they were bringing other things. And over the years, they brought all kinds of stuff to her. Um, See, they get kind rocks, of... Rocks, <laughs> yeah. nuts. Like, and then apparently they brought her a gummy bear once, which she said she didn't eat, but she appreciated it. That's so, beautiful. and... She said that she's seen them raise entire families and bring their kids to see the crazy lady that feeds them. And, and they're like going to the zoo. Yeah. The human yeah. zoo. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that was an interesting thing. And that gets back to the kind gestures. Yeah. Because most to, mo- to a lot of us, crows are a terrible thing to have around. They make a lot of noise get into garbage you're so smart (laughs) well they are smart but you know in general we automatically go to why is that crow on my balcony bothering me that's right and i bet it i bet it does get noisy on her balcony but (laughs) he's like why is that white guy laying there in his underwear watching the blinky box you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that makes me happy um, so I guess we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Morning comes early. It does. <laughs> Gotta be up at five. And thanks for the chat. Yeah. Thanks for anybody who's listening. Absolutely. Thank you. If you are interested in our book, it is on Amazon. I promise we won't vlog it every single episode of this podcast. I might. <laughs> might, might because you know, it's important to share this stuff. It's simple. It's easy. Yeah. But it's called the 90-Day Meditation Challenge. And if you search that on Amazon, you can find it there. Also, I guess you could look on our websites if you wanted, which, uh, what's your website again, Kyla? IntoTheWildWithKyla.com And mine is Tim-Ebel.com T-I-M-Ebel.com and uh, I'm hoping we'll do a lot more of these podcasts. Me too. It was fun. Okay, signing off. Have a good night, guys. Yeah. Bye.